Welcome to Wisco Dies. Welcome to Wisco Dies. Hey, alright, so it's the Conzie the Most. I'm your host. I am joined by a good friend of the show and personal friend, actually, uh, Kenny. Also is host of the great podcast, The Combat Phase. How's it going, Kenny? Good, good. How's it going? I am doing very well. It's uh, been a rough, very rough, very rough week since last weekend, but back and healthy and in shape and ready to talk about Warhammer again. Yeah, you seem like you recovered nicely. Yeah, it was uh, pretty brutal. So for folks that didn't know, about three or four days before Blood in the Sun, and this is our Blood in the Sun episode, we're going to recap and talk about Blood in the Sun, but I was very deeply ill, and through Blood in the Sun and the tournament, I it didn't really hit me as hard as it probably should have been that I, how sick I really was until we wrapped up turn five and the adrenaline rush kind of went away <laughs> and it just hit me like a ton of bricks at that point. And I just physical exhaustion and everything. And it was pretty rough for the following week. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad to be back and healthy. Cause that's <laughs> probably the, the worst I've ever been, I think from physical health and in wellness. So Yeah. Well, you did. I don't think you spread it, so that was good. Hopefully not. I don't. I I, I hung around with. You. I, I was around you and a lot quite a bit that the weekend, and you didn't get it, so I must not have been too contagious. <laughs> no blessing of Nurgle then. Yep, I I was uh, apparently not blessed that much. So, anyways, yeah, we're gonna talk about uh, Blood in the Sun. It's a twenty four hundred point tournament that's out of uh, the Chicago land area. It's five rounds. No comp. I guess there's player judge comp if you want to call it that. Beyond that, it's just it's it's been a lot of fun. It's its fourth year. I've been there every year since it's been been there. This is what your second year. This is my second in bits. Uh, Blood and bits. Last year was my first tournament ever. Actually, wow. Okay. It's my first event. I got the I was I got the ticket as like kind of an impulse buy. I just happened to be looking at my like computer at the time that they put a tweet out and said, "Hey, we had a spot. Someone dropped." And I nabbed it, and I didn't even at the time actually know where it was. Like I was thinking it might be <laughs> on the East Coast. I said, all right, yeah, I'll go to this thing over the weekend. And then I looked at it later. Said, oh my god, I'm going to Chicago. <laughs> and I was living in, I was in DC at the time. It's quite a trip. <laughs> yeah. So oh, it's good to hear. I mean, that's it. I ho- and hopefully, last year's experience it obviously warmed you up to the tournament scene because you've been to mm-hmm. quite a few since now, right? Yeah, that was a good first one. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, I know. It's a it's a nice one. It's one of the, it's a uh, hundred players is what they they mark they sold tickets for. I think ninety ish showed up. Yeah, yeah. This eighty nine I think showed up. They had a lot, quite a few drops at the end, which just goes to show that when you see a tournament sell out, definitely want to try to get on that wait list if you're serious about going. Because chances are, even if you showed up the day of, unless it's Wapaka, you're probably going to get get a foot in the door and be able to play. Yeah, I think bits will accommodate you too. Is if they if they have a spot to set up a table. Even if it's on like the floor, <laughs> like they'll find a way to work you in. Yeah, I think they did have that kind of planned as overflow tables this year. I was kind of interesting. I didn't, I didn't expect that. They had one extra essentially room that turned into the judges' room. I felt, you know, but mm-hmm. they, they could have. I think they had yeah, it. Yeah, that's true. They had their hundred tables that they had set up before, and then they had uh, that room as backup tables just in case for overflow if they had more than a hundred. Yeah, it's good planning. What else have been you been up to? Have you been working on any hobby stuff? Yeah, I guess since after bits, uh, I've did a little bit of work. I assembled some lizard men and put some more stuff of that together. 
And I just I played a couple games. I just played against Davey uh, right before coming here. And I brought lizards to his Slanesh army. And I got beat up pretty bad. <laughs> He's Slanesh warriors, right? <laughs> yeah, Slanesh warriors. He had an all-mounted army. He's a, he had a good build. And I was I felt really bad because I was so like just zapped from like bits. I, I felt like at bits I was really on my game as far as the rules. Like I knew what I was doing. And I was just fried today. So they were just stupid rules. And things I was doing that are dwarf things. He's like, no, that, that's a dwarf rule there. You know, this is what the actual rule does. <laughs> I felt so bad. <laughs> so I was just messing up rules over the place. So, well, you're kind of in that shift, too. You're right before bits, you were in that kind of transition. Okay, I'm going to kind of put the dwarfs down, right? And, and move to playing lizards? Yeah, yeah, because there's so many dwarf players here. And I just, I, lizards, I, I enjoy there's things you just can't do with dwarfs. And I think the next time I go to an event, I'm going to take lizards just because it's, it's something different. Yes. I know I, back in the past when I, the first army I ever played was dwarfs and and it was such an eye-opener the first time I put the dark, uh, my wife's dark elves on the table and played a different army. It was like, wow, that's what <laughs> movement feels like and magic, that's what it feels like and you can do all these other what, these all these all other exciting game components that I can use. Wow. Oh, that's really cool. And it felt like it was a brand new game even though I was still playing Warhammer. Yeah. It's just a different army, so... Yeah, it can really be a, an eye opener and a change for for you, in personally and in, in game wise and in hobby wise. So, yeah, hope the lizards treat you well. I I'll find that spot. I, I, right now, I'm just trying out units too. I'm I'm trying out different lures I haven't used. Uh, I need to get some more flyers. I like the whole idea of flyers. Yeah, pterodons. I I don't have a unit of pterodons built yet for my army for my lizards, and that's definitely one. I have the I have a box of them sitting on the shelf right now. <laughs> waiting for assembly so yeah no i've been i've been working on a painting i've been just basically cranking out dwarfs for so i'm you, you're talking about you know kind of moving away from dwarves i'm moving to dwarves <laughs> i'll still play my dwarfs i, I will still play them I yeah guess. i mean the next tournament i want to try lizards i just I, I never never said i wasn't gonna play you know all these other armies that i own either but yeah dwarfs are definitely an army i'm looking for i would i've the art book came out, and we had that. It was like, oh, man, there's three, four, five dwarf players down here locally. I'm like, I'm just not going to play them. I'm not going to play them. And finally, I just kind of kind of like, oh, I've got to play them. I love dwarves. They're just my army, and they're my first army, and it's a new yeah. book, and I've got to play them. So I finally brought them down to the store, and the more I play, actually, the first time I played a new book was against you in that 3K game we had here. Oh, that was your first time? That was my first time with a new book. Wow. And then, uh, thank you for failing all those leadership checks. Uh, I, I could, I could not have, I could not have been nearly as successful with my dwarven comeback if, uh, if you know, you might just as well have beaten the dwarfs out of me that game if you wouldn't have failed. If all I of didn't them. fail like five leadership tests, yeah, that was pretty, that was pretty brutal. No, even watching other people play play the dwarves, it's been very kind of exciting and like I want to, pl- I want to play that, go back to playing that I think army. You'll so. like him. I've been really enjoying hobbying and painting on the models and building models again and doing this. And I've really been knocking out some real progress. So I think you'll enjoy them. Just remember to roll your ancestral grudge. Oh, I'm, I haven't been failing to remember to do that so much as I'm failing to remember the plus one strength when I charge. Well, I'll talk about when we get to the games a bits, but I, I had like different backups, fail safes in case I forgot things. And even then, I still forgot to do a lot of rules. So. I think you'll like them. You're taking them to your tournament in uh, San Francisco? So, yeah, I'm going to take them to Quake City Rampage in San Francisco, and that's uh, mid to tail end of July. I probably should look it up here, actually. 
Do you know how you're going to transport them? Are you have one of those air pack things? So, okay. So, yeah. Quake City Rampage is July 18th through 20th. So, uh, yeah, I'm definitely going. And, yeah, transport. I'm... So I bought uh, the Battle Foam Pack Air, and then my original thought was I was going to take the to take my army in that. I think if I was going to take like my Tomb Kings, or I originally signed up, I think with Skaven, if I was going to take one of those armies, I would have had I probably would have taken the Pack Air because of the larger some of the larger kits like the War Sphinxes, the mm-hmm. Chariots, and whatever would have taken up a lot more storage space. What I'm finding with the with the Dwarfs though is I take up about three or four trays worth of space. The pack air, the Battle Foam's pack air is huge, really. It's a really large case in comparison to, say, what I was used to. Like, Brian's got, I don't remember, the, the Sable Army transport cases. And it's fairly small. Plenty of room to carry an army, but still really fairly small foam case. And, and I was thinking of something about half the size of the pack here. No, it's a, it's the size of a full carry on and a large carry on, but it's the size of a large carry on. And I'm a little concerned with the size of it and the, the, how hard it is, the, how hard the outside of the case is that I'm going to have problems getting it in when I'm, when I'm getting on the plane, getting it up in the, the overhead storage. So I'm, I'm going to change that. I think I'm going to just pack it in with the with my regular clothes, you know, with like a normal carry-on with like regular clothes, and that should also help a little bit with the protection on the models. And they're dwarfs, so they can take, you know, a lot of them are, <laughs> you know, if I put like hammers on one side, that they're all all my hammers are all the old metal models, so they're solid figures. They're not going to should be okay. They're not going to break. And if I pack like the they it I don't I'm not worried about model transport. I think that's going to be fine. But in hindsight, I think I would have went with a smaller battle foam case if I was going to go battle foam for tra- for flying and transporting that way. Yeah, they're compact. I did it when I went to England, uh, like last month. I took dwarves and I put everything in the entire army fit in one care multi case, like one of the, the cardboard things, and I put that in my luggage and I just surrounded it with clothes, and it was absolutely fine. And it was the, the check luggage too, and yeah, the thing held up really well. Like there was nothing wrong with it. So yeah, so, yeah, you should be good. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not too worried about the transport of the army. The only thing I'm kind of worried about at all is uh, having any kind of display board while I'm out there in San Francisco. That's gonna that's be a, true. That's gonna be a problem. I'm kind of. I don't know if I'm gonna have time to really engineer anything, but I've kind of put thought into seeing if I could put together a flat board with some flock or something that I can put at the bottom of my carry on hmm. to be able to transport. But we'll see. I don't know. I don't. I'm behind the lines right now on getting models painted so i've got a large amount of hobby in a short amount of time i've got to complete to send you down there after the recording crack the whip (laughs) yeah no i'll probably be down there painting after the after the recording i've got some hammers on the table and i just finished my dwarf lord on shield bearers today so you know i did put together a box at the bits hobby uh at, at the raffle i got a box of dwarf hammerers and I put them together as a, a Longbeard unit. I was starting over with sword and board. And man, they just they just are such beautiful models. Yeah, I got uh, so I, good. I got some of the Longbeard bits to fin- complete my Dwarf Lord conversion. And yeah, that was those are some really cool looking, you know, parts and pieces to add to that that it's model. Gorgeous, yeah, I have not had a lot else going on hobby wise. It's been mostly pickup games, trying to feel out the Dwarf army again and get accustomed to this new book i've not quite figured out the best build yet i think for a dwarf lord and 
certainly don't think my QCR Lord is going to be the best build I could have given him, but at least he's I at least got him designed with with a role that he can play with the unit he's going to join and uh, that I haven't planned to be joining anyways. I've kind of built my characters more around how they're going to support the units they're joining rather than uh, uh, trying to build, you know, awesome characters. I think I think you're taking the better route there. And I don't know if there's a best build for the Dwarf Lord. I mean, there's so many variety. Like, there's a variety. Yeah, there's a lot of options, and that's and never quite enough points to get him where you'd no. like him. Uh, next next time I do play dwarfs on a pickup game, I want to try the tough ten rune, the hundred point, to make him tough ten. And I, I don't know if I want to give him the other twenty five as the parry rune, or if I want to give him the uh, luck, the be able to reroll an attribute or something, the luck rune, and put either one of the two two of those together. Because I I as a player will not put too much into my dwarf lore because I know that I will whiff. That's just what my experience has taught me as a dwarf player. So I have to build a little bit differently than you know the rest of you guys that have normal luck. I'm still waiting for that dwarf game to come along where my army doesn't hate my opponent's army. So uh, maybe either play it against uh, Skaven or, or I think it's Skaven or you know the games where I've not played against Skaven. It's I've rolled. I hate your army. So you're so lucky. If you have rerolls at the tournament, I didn't realize this until day two, but they said use your reroll at the beginning when you roll to see your ancestral grudge. Yep. Because I I didn't and I screwed up my first turn. I I think I rolled and got uh, the. My general hates your general. I, I may be wrong, but I think I did that on my first turn. I played Skaven and just didn't even sink into later. I was like, wait a minute. I, I, hate-, I hate your whole <laughs> army. <laughs> Whoops. So talking about uh, Blood in the Sun, this is the first year they did this team tournament kind of thing on Friday, and you were able to to jump on to team WWHFB slash... Yeah, we were Twisted Wisco. Yeah, Twisted Wiscos, which is... Basically, uh, a meal in the last month or so, uh, the dreaded one himself kind of put together the team and was looking for WWHF beers. And I was probably the only other person that could have jumped on. And I, I had to work on Friday. I wasn't able to take the day off as a vacation day. That left him looking for a mercenary. And he ended up getting Jake Murphy, who's Ooh. part of the Illinois crowd and Twisted, Twisted Troop. Troop. Yeah. So. Twisted Whiskos was, was for the win. Team. Yeah, for the win. So, uh, how did that go for for the for the team? Did, was it a big success for for it, or did you have a good good time? Well, we're, we're all winners, so that makes us a success, right? Yeah, sure. Uh, we sure. we ranked four out of the six teams. But well, that's not bad. It's not last. Yeah, we had a good time. Yeah, uh, we had so we had the five of us playing, and we had Emil had his demons. Uh, his son Ben had VC. His nephew Danny had the Skaven, uh, probably. Yes, he had Skaven. And then uh, Jake brought Dark Elves, and I brought Dwarves. And uh, we had to do fluff. And they were all, basically the way to win the, ter- the team tournament is there was all these different like the battle points were one thing, but it was mostly about do, you had to do your battle cry uh, once per game, and that's when you would call out your uh, your team slogan. And then people had to respond if there was a responder for it. You know, they they were just cheered. You had to have a banner, a T-shirt, and all these little things, and you had to have written fluff. So I did. A, I I wrote a little bit more extensive than maybe you needed to, like listening to other people talk about their fluff. But I I had turned my dwarf army. Basically, I already had a dwarf thing made up for the list, and I just did this weird build that I wanted to do like on the spot to get it in on time. And I ended up having this picture kind of form in my head. So I did the dwarven version of the Expendables. Basically, kind of ripped off the whole that movie. So I had like a, you know a big rune lord who was my powerful guy, but he 
was sort of uh, pushed out with his unit of Longbeards. Like they were sort of getting thrown out there as cannon fodder. And they had all the other units that were like scouts or flyers and they were moved away. And the idea is when they get on the battlefield, they're thinking like, all right, we're going to go, you know, kick some butt on the battlefield. Where is everybody? <laughs> What's going on? Like everything's kind of pointed at them. So they were being thrown out there as kind of the idea. And it was there's an animosity between like the Thane, who was the general, uh, the, the hero, kind of trying to get the Rune Lord and his old war buddies killed. So I had them in a unit together and it, we had a little bit of fluff for it too. Like when there was a challenge issued, you know, the Thane would push the Rune Lord up to take the challenge. <laughs> Trying to get him killed. It's like Throg issues a challenge. Like, go get him, Rune Lord. Go ahead. So it was fun. A little bit of fluff there. We had three games. And so this was this is the first time I've ever been in something like this where there's the team tournament type of thing where you have, uh, like like the ETC, where you have to pick your matchups. Okay. And sort of strategize, you know, who's going to play who. So Mio was our captain, and we played Detroit first. And uh, they had basically, you could look at what your opponents had, basically, you know, out on the board. And say okay, well that that unit or that army's got a lot of bolt throwers. So I you know want to pair these matches up, and then you did a dice roll off, and then whoever won would get to pick the first one, and you have the five pairings. So I ended up playing Brad Schwan for the first time in that first one. He had uh, he had Aurelian on Twitter. He had his uh, warriors, and he had the Throg uh, leading as a general. Okay. And so uh, I yeah I got beat up pretty bad in that one, but it was fun. I I haven't played against Throg or the, the trolls yet, so we had a good time with that one. Yeah, uh, I played against Brad twice now, and uh, I, I remember thinking when I first, you know, kind of saw him on Twitter and and heard about heard about his play style, I was really worried, you know, personally because I was so far away from the way I like to play. And I've played him twice now, and both games were just tons of fun and really enjoyable. And he's a, uh, I cannot commend how 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 you know, even though he's very, uh, he's a solid player. He's a very <laughs> solid player, and he's very. Uh, plays to win. It's he, he's a very very good pleasure to play as well. It's not just he's out to just crush you and make yeah. you cry. But it was nice. It was nice to play him because nobody wanted to play his army. So I said, "Well, I'll do." And we had an issue where two of the uh, Neil's Neil's family, uh, they both had games already against people as like game one when the tournament started on Saturday. So we wanted to maneuver so they didn't have to play those people twice. Okay. So we we shifted things around a little bit. Uh, but I said, yeah, I'll take I'll take this one, and it'll be fun to play Brad. And it was. I mean, he he, he definitely beat the crap out of me. But it, we had a fun game, and I th- and having the fluff really helped too. That I mean, I think everybody kind of kept their fluff in mind when they were playing. So we lost. I want to say um, we had a draw and a win, and then we lost the games in that first round. We played the Ringer team next, which was like the mixed together of people that came and didn't have a team, so they kind of put them together okay. on this team, and. Uh, I played against Ogres, and I lost that game too, or it came to a draw, I think. I think I lost that one. But that was weird because we had the... Uh, so it, if you have the Big Red Rulebook, page 380, 389 and 390, there's like scenarios back there that you probably never notice because they're not in the small rulebook. But we played those as the team tournament scenarios. Okay. So we played the the one, the first one, where it's the, the board is divided like Triumph Treachery, and you do the, the six sections. And that was really a trippy scenario because you don't know where you're going to be. The rest of your units are reserves. You can only come in on those squares, and it's just it's weird. I can't even describe it. It was neat to get it out of the way, but it's weird. I don't know if I want to play that one again, no matter which army I'm playing. Uh, and I played against Ogres, and I'm pretty sure I lost the game, but it might have been a draw. Uh, again, we did a little bit better, but we're still kind of staying at you know two, one or two victories and, and pushed down on the rest. But we kept our sportsman points every time. We had a banner. We did everything we needed to do. 
And then the third game, um, I played against uh, Stephanie Marquette, Greg and Stephanie were there again, okay. and I played against her. Uh, and they were, I think they were NW two, or they were one of the NW two. Yep. Was that them? Yeah. And there were cars like NW who, and they'd all go NW two. It was a lot of fun. Uh, so we played against. I played against them next, and she actually did this whole setup with buildings, where uh, we were setting the table up with terrain, and she said, "Well, uh, you know, I I think I think you're going to basically put your th- your artillery up on that hill." So she popped down a building between the the hill and the thing in the center because it was the the second scenario on page three ninety, and it's like the mysterious monument of whatever. So she blocked it, but I was able to basically go in there and park a unit in the building and be within range to control the edge and it was hard to get my unit out of there so actually in doing that she gave me um it would have been a victory but the scenario specifically for this one said you you had to be like controlling it there couldn't be anything opposing and we ran out of time so we had to stop at a point we ended up having a draw but she had orcs and goblins and that was another fun game where it's just craziness yeah stephanie's a lot of fun to play i played her um in a pickup game i think three years ago at bits so like at bits two or something like that and she was really just at that point was really just trying to figure out even how to play and yeah it ended up being like a me coaching teaching kind of game almost um that for like like a friday night pickup game and it was a lot of fun too it was just a lot of fun and yeah she's um, fun she's got a she's got a book out there she's written a book and it's published and you can uh go find it i can't remember what it's called right now but she has a her orson goblins are uh, deadhead themes they're like done as grateful dead Deadhead, so it was it was fun. We had a good battle, but so we ended up getting fourth. Uh, Detroit won overall, and then uh, best general actually went to Dave Whitek. He had the most battle points out of like everybody. That so there were thirty players. There were six teams of five. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I would definitely do it again. I know they're going to do it again next year. So hopefully we can get uh, a Wisconsin presence down there and uh, put together a fun team. Yeah, so that was the team on Friday. Yeah, hopefully next year we'll have a, a little bit better presence from Team Wisconsin. And a little bit more of a maybe even a strategy. We'll see if they even do it again next year. It's it's hard to say because this is the first time they ever did it, and it seemed like it was pretty successful. There were a lot of people playing in it. Really, what six teams? Well, they said they were going to do it again in the sh- the commentary they did afterwards because when people showed up on Friday, you already had this atmosphere going. People were already in there playing. They were having a good time. They were shouting. So you kind of you, it wasn't like you were waiting for this weekend to start. Like people arriving felt like the weekend had already begun. And so a lot of people played games Friday night just because they were the, the, um, the atmosphere was already going, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I think that does. I mean, it's uh, uh, one of the things I kind of noticed going in this year was when I looked at the number of people that didn't sign up for the Saturday night festivities um, because they, they did a hosted Saturday night festivities thing and you could pay a little extra money to get in on it. And there was quite a few people, and it was all like local Chicago people that that was their intention was, well, we're going to show up for the tournament. We're going to go home. And, you know, this gave an extra reason for people to come, come into the tournament. Maybe some of those locals even to come in and play games and be there and get, say, get to be able to say hi as, as the people that are traveling were able to come in and say hi as well. So I really liked that. I was, I didn't play in it myself. I, I thought it was cool though. It was going on when I got there. It was lots of people hanging out. There was people watching people over, hanging out because there were people in the hall. So, yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. It was a good start to the weekend. So then, uh, yeah, I got there, I don't know, 6, 7 o'clock. I coughed, hacked. I was <laughs> hung out for a little while. I, I think I was down the hall till like, 10, 10-ish. Um, kind of 
I went and chased down dinner at one point, and I know I just said hi to a lot of people, and just there was a lot of folks I hadn't seen in a long time, and it was great to to be able to see Mikey Ballard and Quentin from Wausau Weird Boys, and and uh, the Quentins, you know, yeah, Quentin, and, one Quentin of the and his son Quentin, uh, and uh, that was I. A lot of people, I, and there were so many people there that I, I didn't get a chance because I think of the health issues that I didn't get a chance to say hi to that I would have liked to have been able to. But, yeah, totally, totally cool. But I did make the judgment call Friday night that I was going to go crash early and I was not going to be around folks much because I just wanted to, to rest. So I actually, because I had just submitted my QCR list, went up to my hotel room and spent a lot of my Friday night painting dwarfs no i wasn't playing dwarfs in this tournament so but i was painting while i was at bits quite a bit i actually got efficient i actually got the base coats done on five new dwarf warriors while i was at bits wow so you got a lot out of the weekend (laughs) i did believe it or not um so did you do anything fun friday night i'm trying to remember friday night Uh, i played a bunch of card games for the first time i tried out game uh, king of tokyo and then i tried out Evil Baby Orphanage. Was that Friday night or Saturday night? That was uh, that was all Friday night because Saturday night we did that one big game of, uh, I think so. Maybe yeah, not. No, yeah, I think that was because yeah, Saturday night after the the dinner, we did that game that's I can't still can't remember the name of it, but it's based off of a web comic, and we had like twelve or thirteen of us playing that game, which is probably not a good idea, but we just piled in everybody and had a good time. Sure. And that game took a couple hours, so I think that that was that took up Saturday night. All right. Well, let's move on then to Saturday morning. So it's bright and early. It's Saturday morning. Yay! We're we're ready to go. We're ready to play Warhammer. Eighty nine other people that have pulled into the hall. Grant does his his speech. Blah blah blah. We all swear to have a good time. <laughs> it's, it's yeah. We all have our little speeches before tournaments, and and uh, Grant does a great job of it. Let's put it that way. Yeah, they were really they were on the money. Like that team that the. Uh, volunteers the tournament like the, the staff they were on the money they did a fantastic job i think they yeah i think from a from a total organizational perspective uh as far as you know things that i've have i've had to deal with from a tournament perspective uh, probably the best run tournament i feel like i've been at in a couple of years so this is definitely much more well run much more well organized i thought than the previous year but i was also less hung over and drunk so <laughs> maybe that factored into it yeah, um, it's different. Like, getting up early on Saturday wasn't that. Bi- it wasn't so bad now that I've done it before. But last year at Bits was my first tournament, so you know, seeing those early start times, it was a lot more rough last year. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I I went to bed so early that it really you know getting I was up. I had breakfast. I you know wandered up to the room. I I got my stuff out of the car and brought it in. You know, usually I'd had all my stuff all set up from the night before. I didn't do any of that because you know. I wasn't. I wasn't gonna drink. I, I was committed <laughs> to not drinking. I, the health issues aside, I, I'm not. I wasn't gonna drink at this tournament, and and that really, I think that made my, you know, definitely made my morning much better and much more enjoyable. See, <laughs> I think it made my whole weekend better too. So that's why I stopped drinking. Well, I, I can't drink uh, too late at night anyway at events anymore because it screws with my sleep. But yeah, I noticed there were people that were kind of hungover as we started Saturday. But. Yeah. That's to be expected. I think there was at least one person that overslept or missed his first round. I think Wanger <laughs> missed his first round Saturday because uh, drinking. So Yeah. 
Yeah. Hey, we played though. We got off to a great start, and so it who was did, a lot of fun. So who did you play first round? I played. Uh, I think it's Cody Wilkinson or Wilkerson, and he had a Skaven army. I got. I lost this one twenty nil, but Ooh, we yeah. played. Uh, so there was. This is the one where I think I maybe remember this one, but I believe that I rolled for the hatred when I didn't have to, and I rolled general on general. That may not have happened, but um, it, if I did hate him, it didn't really matter that much because uh, I, I just it, yeah he. Basically, the game took a turning point when he had his uh, guys coming through the middle, and I had the Slayers. Uh, the train had blocked the charge. So I had uh, Ungrim Ironfist like, charge out of the unit and try to charge his help it. And I, by all rights, should have had it. And I rolled, uh, I think, I rolled Snake Eyes on the charge. Ooh. And I thought about using that one reroll. I thought, well, maybe if I get a, uh, if I get a, I have to get a six to one the second dies. And I just couldn't, I just, I forget it. I can't do it. So he got past me, and he just annihilated my army from behind. Like, rightly so. He had two Doom Wheels, one on each flank. Sure. I took one out eventually, but, you know, Skaven shooting is pretty tough. And uh, they, they got in behind, and there was just nothing I could do. And sure. I, I just couldn't take enough out of it. He had, he had a very solid list. Yeah, why don't you uh, kind of give us an idea of what you had in your list, too? So you had Umgrin, right? Yeah, Umgrin okay, yeah. So I, dwarfs, right? I, took, I think I might have been the only dwarf uh, player using special characters. I think I was. And I actually took two. I took uh, Ungram Iron Fist, who was the Slayer King, and I took uh, the Engineer guy, the new guy that came out in this okay. release, Grim Burlaxon, okay. who was pretty good actually. He's he's 165 points, but his ability is different from the Engineer's. Like you can actually use his Blitz to skill to fire, and he can still fire his gun, and he can make the the uh, cannonball bounce or the flame cannon artillery die. You can reroll that. So that was that was sort of a big difference there. And, and there was a couple games where he was actually pretty decent. Uh, it was I, I liked having him. Uh, I used a, a bus to so I had a bus of slayers, I, and they had the vanguard route on there. So I had them basically to go up to deliver Ungrim, and then I had a unit of longbeards that also had vanguard on them. I had a BSB with the uh, the rune the Grungi rune to stop the the five up board versus shooting. Mm-hmm. I had a unit of twenty sword and board warriors uh, that was basically kind of supposed to protect the war machines, and then if I have to, you know, go up and and be a block. I took a, a gyro bomber. I took a gyrocopter. I took uh, a, a cannon with a, a rune of immolation on it, and I had an organ gun. And then I had, I think I had accuracy on the organ gun. And um, oh no, that was the other. That was the other game. I had just uh, using his, the I, the engineer's bliss skill. I took a flame cannon, and I took uh, yeah. I had a rune smith. I had ungrim. I had a BSB, and then I had the uh, the engineer guy and that was pretty much it oh and i said five rangers okay to get into five rangers naked yeah, pretty pretty critical i think with that much vanguard yes yeah, this and the uh long beards were stubborn uh, okay. on the unit they had a rune on the unit okay so, so that was my 2400 points little, little, seems seems a little light maybe in the war machine bracket but that's i think probably about the same was what i would normally bring yeah i, I could have done more and i looked at some of the other dwarf armies and they had one that was like all artillery but i, I you know having i didn't want to I try to give myself, you know, an enjoyable game and give my opponent an enjoyable game. And I played once at Adepticon against somebody who was doing all gun line and all artillery, and it just sucked. So I didn't want to do it to somebody else. Sure, sure. No, that's cool. So I'll kind of recap my list here quick, and then I'll talk about my round one. Yeah. Uh, my my list was Tomb Kings. Uh, we've talked about it going into the going into Blood in the Sun in the previous shows that I was kind of shooting for a best of Tomb Kings and. And one of the things that we had three players 
registered when they ordered the plaques. <laughs> um, but unfortunately, two players showed up the day of. So I was a little worried that they weren't going to do a Best of Tomb Kings a prize. But I did confirm, yeah, after I think after round one, and Grant confirmed that, yeah, if we, we bought the plaque, we're going to give it away. Um, so that was kind of, that was that was cool. I mean, it, it doesn't feel quite as not having enough players playing the army doesn't feel like you're truly competing for a prize. But it was still cool to recognize that getting recognized. And yeah, come day two, I was we were definitely the two of us were definitely competing for best of Tomb King. My list was Archon the Black, so basically L five death special character who can store. Dispel Dice, which is really nice, um, so help pump up my magic phases. I had a Tomb Prince on a Chariot with plus two Strength Sword and not much else. And then uh, I had a level one uh, Lich Priest of Nehekara, just kind of there to give myself a little bit of a healing ability and uh, jam a Dispel Scroll on. From Core, I had five Horse Archers, the best unit in my army. Best unit in Tomb King book, as far as I'm concerned. Oh, yeah? Five chariots with a banner with a banner of swiftness on it. I had two 20-packs of archers, one with full command, one with just banner and musician. I had four Necronites with a banner. I had two War Sphinxes. I bought breath breath weapons for both of them. Worst units in my army. Really? Not because they're they're great, they're awesome when there's no cannonballs, but <laughs> with the volume of cannonballs that were at Blood in the Sun, and we do who do point out there was what eleven ogres or something like that, eleven mm-hmm. empire, six dwarf, and a pile of demon players, all of them, every single one of them piling in cannonballs. Yeah. So it was you know it's just too many cannonballs to try to dodge with five wound large monsters. I brought two screaming skull catapults, and I brought one casket of souls so i think that's everything that was in my list so you get kind of an idea what was there it was uh probably the best tomb kings list overall i've played in a tournament of this size i guess the only last year's it was definitely better than last year's list but not there was definitely things i i would have liked to tweak a little bit here or there like the war sphinxes were a huge problem for me because they just they were too many points in Two hundred and thirty points, basically a war sphinx. Too many points to basically, in, a, in two different games, lose them on turn one cannonballing, or at least lose one on turn one cannonballing. Is that's just hard. That's a huge deficit to put put yourself in a huge hole. And yeah, I, I, I had enough target saturation to not necessarily need war sphinxes to to do that role. I mean, it did at least draw some cannonball shots off of my catapults, but that's true. Yeah. For that many points, I don't think that's that's expensive cannonball, (laughs) you know, pulling shots off a cannonball. So my first game I played against James Nelson, uh, just playing Dwarfs. James went on later. I feel feel good that I helped vault him on to best of Dwarf. (laughs) I was rooting for him. This was a a close loss for me. A couple of spots, like uh, the big thing of the, the, the big thing is, he, if I remember right, he did not. He only had one cannon, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. And which, so this meant the War Sphinxes, and he vanguarded everything like right up front. So like, I, I played this game. I played this practice game against a very similar army build against Davy here locally, and he took the vanguard army and just drove his army like right up in, right on my Tomb King grill as I would bits practice game. And it was, you know, if Davy didn't fail a bunch of leadership checks. 
I would have been just completely wiped, nothing. So I'm thinking, like, okay, this game's going to be horrible right off the bat. Like, as soon as he wins first turn in Vanguard's, all of this stuff straightforward in my grill. I'm like, I can't deal with these blocks. I just, all I've got are, like, two Archer packs, Archon, and, you know, the War Sphinxes. So I get the War Sphinxes. I, I was able to charge the Chariots and the War Sphinx right off the bat into in, into his Rangers, and he didn't flee it for some strange reason. I was really surprised he didn't flee that because it was, I, you know, that extra couple inches I would have needed to be able to get to a block with the Chariots and War Sphinx. He took it, and I destroyed that, overran into the, the warrior, Great Weapon Warrior block, and after a long pile of grind, 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 I finally killed the Great Weapon Warrior block. I managed to get his BSB. I picked up quite a few points, but the last turn, he's got like three hammers left and his Lord, okay? And this is basically the difference between winning and losing this game. So he's got those, those, and his Lord is kitted out with four attacks at strength four, double strength against toughness five or greater. So I'm going in four attacks. I know I, I'm not too worried about it. I've got Necro Knights. I've got three Necro Knights lined up to charge the this, these hammers. And I need like a seven on Swift Stride, seven or eight. And I fail the charge on the on the last turn. Maybe it was a little more than a seven or eight I needed, but I fail the charge on the last turn and on the bottom of six, and so I don't get to him, and I try my ha my darnness, but everything at this point is kind of too far away to be able to get range of these hammers, and basically I lose the game on three hammers worth of points. Otherwise, it probably would have been close to a 10-10. Oh. So I did uh, pick up a pile of objective points, so four objective points, so it wasn't too bad. He had a 12-2, I had an 8-4, so I, for, turn, for round one Tomb Kings, I thought that was a big win on my part. Yeah, absolutely. So it was definitely a better start than the twenty odding I took last year, <laughs> when I was the odding. So. I took uh, I, I took I took objective points. Yeah, I got I got four or five actually in the beginning. I think you get five is what the what the website says. So okay. Oh yeah, you got that up in front of you. And just we should also note that uh, we both had special characters. The theme this year was Lords of War, and you were more they allowed special characters, which was different from before, and they encouraged you to bring them. So that was sort of a big difference. I kind of figured that most people would be doing that, but when I actually got there, it turned out that was not true at all. So how would you play on your round two? I played uh, Patrick Brynhildsen, Brynhildsen. Yeah. Uh, who, I mean, obviously he knows that I voted for him for my best sport because he won best sports. So he got all five of his games. That uh, was the first game against VC. Okay. And uh, it was... I mean, you know, I felt like I was getting trounced in the beginning. I had a couple of good shots in the beginning, uh, but I, you know, again, two double terrorgeist, and that scream is just a killer. So, uh, and he had movement; he could come around, and he got me. Uh, I had a couple good highlights. I had like Ungrim finally managed to get over it and got to a terrorgeist and like killed that one, and I got the other one through artillery. I think I got rid of that one, but he just he had so many models on the board, and he could keep raising them, and I had those two blocks, but I had to. Um, I took the unit of the 20 sword and board guys and I had them guarding the war machines and I actually tried something different where I reformed them into 10 wide into two ranks to try and block off some of those charges and, and hold that line a little bit. And I did actually, I managed to hold like another round and a half before he could get on me. Okay. So I was able to allow my artillery to, to weather down a little bit. Uh, and I think that this one, I want to say I lost 17, three because I, he got all his expensive stuff on me, and I just couldn't get anything uh, too big on him. That's when he had he had Looks the like uh, a thirteen seven. Thirteen seven. 
Yeah. Oh, okay. Maybe it wasn't that bad then. Uh, he had his he had this really nice tactical move where he had his zombies in the building, and this was the one where it was diagonal down the side. Uh, his mini engagement is that what's called? Where yeah, like, yeah, that diagonal deployment. Yeah. And so he uh, he was able to get his zombies out, uh, and they just came out of a building. But because of the way they were and having an inch apart and everything, he had blocked this charge that I needed to get over to kind of wear down his unit and win the game. And I couldn't, and because of that, like the way the points wound up, where I, I ended up losing a lot. So yeah, he had a I guess thir- I guess thirteen seven, and I got a couple. I want to say oh, maybe no maybe I didn't. I don't think any, you got any objective points on this here. one. So. And this was, and also we should mention too. What was different about this event is that they had this thing about light and dark being in the in the event, mm-hmm. and that doesn't that doesn't mean that your race had anything to do with it. In fact, some races were light and some were dark with the same army, uh, and they basically just had it randomized. So on day one, that you would play against uh, an opposing army. So if you're light, you play against a force that's on the dark side, and then at the end of each round, they would tally up uh, battle points to determine who's in favor, who's winning or losing. And then the scenario had two different options on how to win. Or objective points based on if light is in favor or if dark's in favor. So you never quite knew who you're going to play and if that was going to come into play. Yeah. So I, my round two, I played against Wayne Barry. You haven't heard of Wayne yet. Yeah. Well, he's uh from the TC War Room. He owns the TC Paintball and uh, store up in Michigan, and I've known Wayne for. Two three years now, great guy, just awesome guy. One of the is, one yeah. of the best one of the best names and best people I know in Warhammer right now today, and I'm not just making that up. It's just brilliant. But he brings very tough armies to to Warhammer. So I was looking at like oh, I lost my last game, but not a bunch. Kind of makes sense that I've got a, a potentially you know the odds of getting a there you know somebody that lost a close game from the first round. That's a tougher opponent. Like okay, that's that's fine. Wayne's. I figured this is going to be a tough game. And he's, he's got like an all-cav Empire Army with like three units, two four-packs of Demigriffs, one three-pack of Demigriffs, two Steam Tanks, giant Night Bus with a bunch of characters. Like, I'm going into this. I'm like, I have no idea how I'm going to beat you, Wayne. I don't know how I'm going to win against this army. This is just going to crush me. Um, but I'm going to give you everything I got. I've got you. I, I You know, he's like, and he was like, I don't play against Tomb Kings very often, so I don't know what a lot of other stuff does. I will say Wayne's dice rolled not very well, and this put me in a pretty good position going into bottom of turn two, into my turn two. Uh, my turn two magic phase, Archon decides to miscast <laughs> Dimensional Cascades, sends himself to the warp. Um, I think I had used my reroll right before this on something else that was kind of piddly um, in, in retrospect, but uh, at that point, Wayne's like, Okay, well, let's keep playing. I'm like, well, okay, we can keep playing. I mean, I know I want to give you a game, Wayne, but at this point, it's this is over. Let me point. Let me explain to you what what is happening, so that you understand. And I explain him what happens with the higher He's like, doesn't one of your other doesn't your other wizard there take over? I'm like, no, this isn't vampire counts. This is Tomb Kings. We had, this is it. I'm this is done. I'm gonna crumble like constantly. And I'm like, this unit's leader five. This unit's leader five. This unit's leader seven. This unit's leader effectively leader nine for this role. So these are the things you have to pretty much worry about. And I just rolled and crumbled. And in two more turns, you know, he did, he basically did nothing except for kill my chariots. That was the only unit that had decent leadership and was going to take more than a couple turns. And at this point, I was kind of like, I just want to hurry up and get this pain over. Because this is, you know, both Wayne and I were like, I, I just don't know how to deal with this. This is like, you don't know from a sportsmanship <laughs> perspective. You're like, I, you, you, I'm like, I'm not doing anything to beat you. 
and you're not, and you, and there's nothing you can do as the opponent. Like I tried to pull stuff out. I tried to do things that were going to be effective, but it, when you're hemorrhaging models at the start of your turn, it's really hard to do anything. Yeah. And my list, if, if that happened with this list, it was just, it was over because so many little the blocks of 20 archers and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel bad about it. It was really bad. Cause it's the first time I ever got a chance to play Wayne and we just had to shake hands and, well, you could re-rack, I guess, depending on how much time you had. That was one of the things, like, both Wayne and I said after the game, is, like, when that happened, we probably should have just called it a 20-out there. And Wayne's like, I didn't want to say that at the time. <laughs> but but we both really wanted to see, because that game was really looking interesting going into the bottom of turn two. Like, my magic phase there, if it would have went well, and that was the other thing. I threw three dice at, I think, a Doom and Darkness, something that wasn't... It wasn't critical and just happened to roll like triple sixes or something or double sixes on it. And it was like a three dice casting roll. So it wasn't on a high percentage chance to get, you know, it wasn't like a six die casting roll to get a purple sun or something off. I was setting up to try to paint, to try to use a screaming skull catapult later on a unit. I wasn't even setting up a big spell. So and that could work on Empire pretty well too. Yeah, no, and then it was like at that point his night boss, I had killing blowed his BSB. Really? Yeah, he had charged my Necronites. The Necronites basically disintegrated to the Night Boss. I had the other oh. two. I had his two four-packs of Demigriffs locked up, each one with a War Sphinx. So it was, it was eventually a grind fest that the War Sphinxes were going to lose, but it's better than being shot with cannonballs. And then I had <laughs> the Chariots locked up on the on one of the Steam Tanks. So And the other Steam Tank was Hemorrhaging Wounds. So I was in. I felt like I was in a really good position going into that phase, and the only thing I had to really work on was that big the night bus with his. He still had an arc collector in there, I think, and but the BSB was gone. I had knocked it down. I was going to throw doom and darkness on it. I think was the first spell or spell I went for. Threw three dice at it. Double sixed. Actually, I think it was a triple six on the roll. But, you know, Dimensional Cascade and, you know, Fat Lady Sing after that. So, and and it was. It was the point. That was the point where, you know, Wayne's like, I don't know how to tell you. That. I, I, I didn't want to say it, but I'm like, yeah, in hindsight, I wish we would have just said, let's, I'll, let's, I'll just give you the 20 out here and let's put Archon back on the board and finish the rest of my magic phase. Yeah, it sounds like, I mean, you released a good sport about it. And I don't think, I, I heard that it happened, but I did not see anybody. Uh, you know, I guess like doing the whole oh, hands in the air, smash the models. You know, I didn't, I didn't see anybody being really childish. No, I. It was, it was. I, I think it's one. You can do one of two things when something like that happens. You could get really upset, or you know, you could be pissed off at Games Workshop for writing bad rules or whatever. <laughs> and I can do that outside of the tournament environment. I chose ultimately to bring this army to the table. It was my choice. I knew it was possible that this would happen. I knew over five games it was likely that I was going to have a game where either somebody was going to kill Archon very quickly or I was going to miscast and something bad was going to happen to him and negate his ability to, to be a spellcaster or I was going to lose him due to spell to, due to miscasting. You know, in my warm-up games, this is the same same list that in those warm-up warm up games I tossed six dice at a spell at a purple sun and threw six ones. So, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I remember seeing that. I saw a picture. Yeah, of that. I took a picture of that because <laughs> me and Dave, uh, me and uh, uh, Evan couldn't believe it when I rolled it. We took, took it for what it was and I uh, had, tried to make a good time out of it. So I do feel bad, though. It was against a person I would have loved to have been able to 
to have given a, a proper game to. Well, so next time. Now you know for next time. So if you can I lost, him. <laughs> lost full 20 out. We got all the points. So, yeah, I'm still sitting better than I was previous year, but now I'm way at the bottom of the tables. And this is, you know, come round three, this is when I figure out, okay, there's one other Tomb King guy, and I'm, like, playing right next to him. And this is going to be kind of the theme for us for Best of Tomb Kings. We're, like, pretty much sitting within a couple of tables of each other for most of the rest of the tournament. Yeah, I was down, uh, I guess, maybe the second or third row from the back against Patrick, and then I bumped back to the second-to-last row against uh, Adam Dukes for round three. Okay, so I go in... Uh, and I, I see the pairings, and I, I off to the side because I don't want to do this for my opponent because I, I didn't want to give him the wrong message. But I said, "God damn, vampire counts again," because <laughs> it's just yeah, it wasn't a good matchup for me around two. And so I go in, and uh, he he had two terrorgeist also, and Adam was one in the group that came up from Kentucky, and this was the first time at bits. He was a he was a great player. We had a lot of fun. Uh, this is also he was also the one that cascaded his uh, vampire lord in the first game, like first okay. roll. They had something, you know, in the pledge you take that if, if you in game one, turn one, cascade your wizard general, you know, don't, you will still have a good time. And it actually happened to him. So we were playing in turn three and this was in the scenario they had icons and you basically at the far edge of your table, you would have to protect your icon that's there. And you could, you had to destroy theirs and have yours not killed to be able to like win these points. Uh, and it was also a meeting engagement kind of the way it was set up too with that diagonal. And I, there's, you know, that was, that's not a, you'd think that that'd be good for the dwarves having that kind of thing because you're closer to the line. You can get that turn one charge. Mm-hmm. But the way the terrain was, it was, it was very difficult to do. And uh, he had, you know, things with movements and flyers. Now he had stuff I haven't seen people take. He had like fell bats. He had a uh, terror guy or far guys. He had, he had different units that I was used to playing against for BC. So that was nice. Uh, and he had, a, you know, a group over on the far side protecting his, uh, his, uh, his icon over there. And I'm trying to think what happened in this one. We had we had some he had some bad luck too. So we had some games that were like pillow fights, basically. It was like bad luck against bad luck, and you know all this epic whiffing. But I think there were just a couple of things in this one that I just I'd sheer numbers as a dwarf. So again, I, I just couldn't take I couldn't handle like this the sheer number of troops. And uh, I got a couple of units like my gyrocopters like flew over and they had opportunities to do things. But you know again it was I had I had the steam gun on that one, so strength three wasn't all that great against his stuff uh just the way it was set up and you know the things that not not having panic you know, a lot of the dwarf tricks i had were not y- useful against someone who was immune to psychology so that was kind of a downside there too uh he was just screaming things off with those terror geist and it was just too tough so i i think i, think I got uh 11 9 on that one i lost 11 9 so what you got there? Um, I don't know. Let's see if I can find you on this. Thing. That was the close one, actually. I think that was eleven nine, because I got steadily better. Yep, you got eleven nine on that one. Because uh, I did take off. I didn't take off a lot of his stuff, but I managed to survive a little bit longer. And I think I might have killed uh, somebody big, and it might have been the terror guys. I don't know. But yeah, he had a lot of points denial stuff that I, I couldn't get to, just the way the game went. So I got better at that one. And I think I might have got objective point. Yeah, no, it looks I, like you have four you objectives got, out of it. Because my yeah, you my did, objective you, didn't your get objective killed. didn't get killed. Uh, so it was just the way the way that the end, the game ended up. We ended up kind of putting the objectives aside and more grinding in the middle. Uh, but I yeah, I just didn't have some good some good options there. Again, I had Ungrim uh, charge out of the unit 
just because of the way it, it seemed like it was better to have him jump out and do some fighting. Uh, and I just, you know, I, I, I put him against a Terrorgeist again, and I has a pretty good results for that one. So that was our game three. All right. My three was against uh, Anthony Sarlo. He's playing Warriors of Chaos. Now, he had a really cool themed Warriors of Chaos list where it was Dragon Ogre based. Ooh. So he had two six packs of Dragon Ogres, and then he had a Dragon Ogre Shagoth, a Demon Prince. A five-pack nice. of Chaos Knights, five-pack of Marauder Horse, a couple of small, like a small unit of Chaos Warriors of Zinch, a small unit with a, like a Fire Wizard, I think he had joined with him. And then he had a small small pack of Corn Warriors with additional hand weapons, I think. So, you know, okay, fairly fluffy list. Uh, the yeah. Dragon Ogres, everything was painted well, very nice-looking army. Um, this was really cool looking, for I thought, for our two armies to pair up against each other. And I was really worried about the Dragon Ogre units. Then I realized that none of his Dragon Ogre units had great weapons. Huh. I'm like, oh, so you're just strength five with some attacks in the front rank. Okay, well, that's still going to hurt, potentially. But uh, then I'm like, oh, look, he's like the same weapon skill as all of my, or worse than most of my elite stuff. <laughs> that's great. So, like, a, he, so I charge, like, uh, on one flank... He's got, like, uh, a six-pack of Dragon Ogres, and I charge them with Necronites. And the Necronites, like, smash them on one round of combat. Like, holy cow, my wow. four-pack of Necronites just destroyed six Dragon Ogres. Wow. Yeah, that was what I was like, wow. And then <laughs> on the other flank, he had, like, his Demon Prince and his Shagoth. So the Shagoth, like, engages a War Sphinx and loses and runs away, and I don't run it down. And then the... He's like, okay, well, he'll throw his Demon Prince, who's like got a strength seven, strength eight on the charge, or something like that. Corn Demon Prince, and whiffs against the whiffs when he charges the the War Sphinx over there, so he doesn't do any damage on the charge. I think the War Sphinx actually did a wound back, and so the War Sphinx is like perfectly fine and just holds his Demon Prince up for like four or five rounds of combat, which is like the biggest thing I'm scared of on the table. Meanwhile, my other War Sphinx is mopping up the other six-pack of Dragon Ogres. And the corn, you know, it was just, it was like the perfect storm of bad things. And I think at this point, he was he was really frustrated with playing this army. Like, from a game, from a fun perspective, yeah. he had, like, this imagery in his head, I think, of what the army should be able to do and should do. And painted it really cool, put all this effort into it. But it wasn't put turning into game results. And he was just kind of frustrated going into the game. And his gameplay kind of showed it, too. He just kind of pushed things forward a little bit haphazardly. Not that he had to. He took some charges that he made it and didn't necessarily have to have to charge things. Was a little more aggressive than in spots that I thought he needed to be to, to try to get a win. And, and I was able to take advantage of it. And I got a big win, 17-4 here. Or nice. 17-3. And I got when we both got, I couldn't, I couldn't do anything with his objective counter. And likewise, he couldn't touch mine. Actually, yeah, he had some chances to get to mine, but never even, never even really capitalized on that. But yeah, after the game, during the game, the army was one of the best armies that I played against. Wayne's was great, but I don't know that Wayne painted his. I think he pays. I think he has somebody paint his armies. Yeah, probably the best painted army that I know that I know somebody personally took the time to paint. Cool. So it was a lot of fun. So that set up my day one. I, I had uh, going after the day one, my Tomb Kings were doing much better than they had previous years. 
at <laughs> bits, and I was never saw the the bottom of the bottom of the tables, and was head heading fair uh, heading up to the center of the tournament. So nice after day one, so I was pretty pleased with myself. That's a success. So let's go ahead and take a break here, and then we'll go ahead and wrap up our bits coverage. Across the USA, then everybody be serving like California. You'd see them wearing their baggies, where Archie Sandals too. A bushy, bushy blonde hairdo, serving USA. You'll catch them serving at Delta, Ventura County Line, Santa Cruz and Okay, and we are back. Back, back, back. Gone. Are we sure we're back? I'm not really sure. But anyways, I'm going to talk anyways. Uh, so more Blood in the Sun coverage coming to you by us. So going into round four, Kenny, who'd you play? Dan Bell. Dan Bell. He played Chaos Dwarf. I, I think he might have come up with the Kentucky crew also, but maybe not. Okay. Uh, he played Chaos Dwarfs. He had uh, a bunch of war machines. He had four, I think, war machines. And he did not have a Kadai Destroyer. It was actually, I think, a, a softer list. He actually had all the models. He used a Chaos Dwarf, like, Forge World models. So it looked really nice. It was a good-looking army. He had a neat paint scheme on his Bull Centaurs. And he had one of those Torox leading it, one of those uh, champions. Okay. Yep. It was kind of cool. I've never, seen one. I've never played against one of those. Uh, this was the game that I actually did very well in. Um, I won... Uh, you can tell me, but I think I won fifteen five. Uh, you it looks like an eighteen two actually. Mm. Okay, you Better. won the dwarf off. Yeah, uh, I had a so I had not really so much with shots on this one, but I had uh, guys running around, and uh, my general like I had him run out again of the unit, and the way that we were on this building, and I couldn't quite get to where he was, but uh, I pulled his. He fell for the cannon off in the like the farthest corner thing. So he went over there, and even though the emulation room didn't do much, it kind of took those guys out over there. Um, and I had some pretty good charges, some pretty good long stretch, like 12-inch charges. I was able to get in, and, and uh, that just propelled that unit forward uh, into his war machines, and was able to kind of like continue on the line down that way. But that was pretty much it. I mean, that was also pillow fights, you know, flub, 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 and uh, I just got the better room in that one. But I, I think it was just because I faced somebody who had equally as bad luck as I did. And I had one or two good things that pulled out. It's kind of sad, actually, that I have to basically wait for someone to get worse luck than me. <laughs> and that's how I'm going to win a game. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. If, yeah, I wouldn't be too hard on on yourself with necessarily that either. There's a certain amount of anticipation that comes with, I think, gameplay. And, and remember, you know, when, you're, when all your stuff's on and you remember the rules... Sometimes it can feel like, yeah, it was my opponent's bad luck, but when you won the game, or it was my my good luck, or whatever that might have won me the game. But as you as you get, especially I think as you play in your Lizardmen and you have more control over the movement phase and stuff, you'll find that it was really what you did or executed when you won the, when your games that are the decisive factor. Even though, yeah, sure, my opponent flubbed the roll there, and I had a good roll the hidden factors like you were in the flank and charged and those extra two combat res also made a fat big factor 
Whereas, you know, so I don't always feel like it's, yeah. it's, uh, <laughs> it's, you know, even if you have, even if there's a few bad roles, when you, when you win your game, you did, when you win a game, you did some stuff that's right. You did some things did that were right, yeah. and you got some matchups that put you in a position that, because eventually somebody's going to have a bad role, right? Somebody's going to. If you get into an extended combat, say, for two, three, four rounds, one of those rounds, chances are somebody's going to have a bad role. Somebody's going to have a good role, right? Probably. Mm-hmm. You're going to have you're going to have that. Sometimes you, you and your opponent might both have a bad role in the same round. And when you when you start stacking up the combat res, you're like, oh well, I had the extra rank and manner. Well, guess what? Now there they have go. to take that extra break check. Your your unit, your build was forced them to have to take that extra dice roll. And oh. every time you force your opponent to take that extra dice roll, yeah, there's a chance that you're gonna you know they're they're gonna flub a roll and you I put remember. it in your hands. Uh, one of the things, one of the big victories was because he was using the Tamarcon book. Uh, those dwarves have the minus one, and the Warhammer regular dwarves got fixed in their new book where they took off that minus one. Yep. So I ended up catching him, uh, and when he ran away because of that rule. Ha <laughs> ha. So I actually, yeah, I ended up catching him because we rolled the same. <laughs> we rolled the same amount of the die, but he had to lose one. I didn't. <laughs> so that ended up being one. Of, that was kind of one of the more amusing parts of the battle. Even the Rangers, the five Rangers that I put out there, there was nothing to. They weren't there. They couldn't do anything against his list, so I just charged him. <laughs> They have great weapons. Whatever, five rangers charge a war machine. They worked. Well, I mean, five rangers yeah. against a war machine probably should work. Like, go get them, boys. They're great weapons. They, they killed. I think he killed one of my guys. Like, I got four left. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, in my opinion, that's something that should work. So you can kind of shrug your shoulders at it, but it's the, those, those are the kind works. of things that, you know. Yeah, and it set off that chain reaction later on. So. Yeah. How about you? You won. You you won fairly and squarely, not just because of luck. Yeah, and this uh, took me up. I think this is how I how I got in the top fifty five zero, which is not really a good thing, but it's that's how I didn't stay in the bottom. I don't think it's a good thing that you're you in the top fifty. I mean that you feel good about yourself. Your top fifty play position at bits, uh, you know, that's probably a pretty good pretty good place to be. Yeah. So my round four, I played against Tim Cornstubble. He was playing ogres, and he had like two six or eight like two seven packs of. Of lead belchers, two two iron blasters, a uh, small gut star, and I think there was a couple of saber tusks in there. Maybe Three, I don't even know if he had saber tusks. Two to four saber tusks. I'm sure there was two. Yeah, it was pretty much it. You have no more in fang. So the problem with this was that I think of the armies out there that so so you know, from cannon fire he's able to. You know, like turn one, I'm down. I haven't even had a turn. I've lost a, a war sphinx, and I'm probably going to lose. The other one's like got three or four wounds on it from, you know, gun and, you know, from cannon and lead belcher fire. And, you know, by, by the time I'm done, by the time I have my get to my second turn, I'm down both war sphinxes, and the lead belchers now have nothing better to do but shoot at all of my, like, chariots, necronites, which they're really good at shooting at. So he just kind of sat in his zone, kind of sprawled out a little bit with the lead belchers just to kind of angle fire at what he wanted to shoot at. And I was instantly, like, my defensive army, and this is what, uh, was forced to just kind of absorb damage, and he was doing better damage at a distance than I was. So that was tough. Um, 
But late in the game, and I'm kind of, I'm tired. I'm pretty, pretty much don't have a voice at this point. I'm a little frustrated. I'm just trying to hang on and not lose points, and it's not looking well. But late in the game, Archon, out of his somewhere deep, deep down, digs and finds a Purple Sun. And I cast Purple <laughs> Sun with six dice in this game five, four or five times. I think four times at least where I threw six dice, never got irresistible, cast it over a 20 twice. Wow. Got it off once. The one time I get it off, I pick off three. I think there was like three lead belchers remaining in a unit. So I get all three of those. I get an iron blaster with it. I get a bunch of dice back. It was like the money shot for me in the game. And while I didn't win this game, that single that single Purple Sun was probably worth three tournament points. Wow. So Did that wake you up a little bit? That 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 took me from like, oh, oh this sucks, this sucks, this is like, like I what am I supposed to do to like woohoo, this is fun. And, you know, really like kinda instantaneously and and I know uh, Tim from outside. I've I've met him before at other events, and and he's a really cool guy. And it was, you know, we had a good game. It was a really tough matchup for me. Ogres tend to be tougher for my Tomb Kings. I will also note that this was I through this tournament, I landed Doom and Darkness and a Screaming Skull Catapult on a big unit. The first turn I got to go in like this is the second this is the second game I did it. And so far in two games, nothing is fled off the board. So you know, like nice. Doom and Darkness. Well, it's not nice for me. Well, it's, nice to the person. Though. Yeah, <laughs> Doom and Darkness on it, so it's minus three leadership, plus a Screaming Skull. One of my catapults has cat skulls of the foe. So you know, minus four leadership check, even with a BSB reroll, isn't very makeable. It's very you know, like I'm looking for this. Like let's get something to flee off the board. Turn one didn't work. And that's I think I think it was a really cool one trick wonder, and I was really glad that I got it off twice and had an opportunity to make it work. But oh, it was so frustrating. Yeah. But I did lose fourteen six. I did pick up three objectives. So again, just kind of plugging along and trying to keep up, keep up scoring victory points. Hey, you're and, not getting twenty nil. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I'm not getting twenty nil. That was huge. So uh, round five. But, okay, so at this point, I'm. Not worried. I know I'm not getting anything out of this, so I just decided to have a good time, and I played against Mike Butcher for the first time. Oh yeah! And, huh? So we, we had a good time. He uh, he had his Nurgle army. He had uh, basically you know the the demons of Nurgle, and he had the two. I think he had two skull cannons, maybe one. Uh, it was it was you know tough, tough, very tough list. And uh, I sat down and I started strategizing like, okay, what am I gonna do? Beast of Nurgle, blah blah. I said, well, wait a minute, what am I doing? I'm not getting. Let's just give him a good game. Have a good time. So I set down my stuff and uh, I vanguarded up some stuff up there. And then he had first turned, and then I just charged. And he never. He just. Didn't, he was very surprised. And I had uh, four charges, and they were all. This is the first time I've ever, I've ever actually utilized this as a general. I cross charge things and had to do it in a certain order. Okay. So, you know what? I need to talk about. But the way they were set back. And so he had his plague drones and he had all these furies and everything around me. And I just charged. And I would charge through dangerous terrain to take the, you know, 30 man block going through, uh, or 25 block going through. 
you know, any one, they're gone. And I just did it. I was like, why not? And we had a very engaging, exciting game. We went uh, back and forth, and I had some good, some good shooting phase in the beginning. Uh, and then I had some charges that worked out way better than they probably should have. And uh, I had a pretty good lead in the beginning. The big turning point for me was when uh, the Beast and Ergo came up and I had Ungrim accept this challenge from the single Beast of Nurgle. Okay. Thinking, I got this right. No problem. I could not take that thing down. He he had the, the loci that gives you uh, regen. Yeah. And so I wasn't I couldn't make him re-roll his ward saves, so I had to make him take care of his uh his uh regen and he just made almost all of them and, I, and he was doing wounds to me and I just could not get back at him. So that was a little tough for me. And then once he got all his stuff around, he, he had me. And I knew he had me. So we decided to just basically have fun. And we just slugged it out. Uh, I, I, he definitely had a good time in the game. I had a very good time. It was not at, at all how I thought that game would have gone. But uh, I just figured, why not? You know, let's, let's just get in there and fight. So I had, you know, like the, the Rangers charged people again, too. And um, I had just the tiny units charging. And just in uh, in uh, that's when Grim Burlockson, uh, even though his his uh, power on the war machines wasn't so good and he failed it one time he with his little gun which normally doesn't do anything was popping off people and, and killing stuff like he had just a very good run of dice on his little gun so he was like doing pop shots at people and we had a pretty fun game uh, i ended up 15 5 i think i yep. lost that one that's what it looks that like right? here 55 yeah and it was basically just kind of collecting at the end so i knew i wasn't getting him i wanted him to get some points I mean, I was trying to not give up too much, but I wanted to make sure that, you know, he, he might have been in the running, so I wanted to make sure that he got something out of it, too. Uh, we had a great time. He said he, he loved the game. He had a lot of fun. It was very different than he thought it was going to go to, and we have just some slugging it out. That sounds like he had a blast. That was a, sounds like a great way to end. Uh, it was. He had a tally sun. man. Yeah, he had Epidemius, and so it was, it was just getting brutal after a while. But those, I think, re- turns one through three were really engaging, and it, you know, it wasn't didn't really know at the beginning how it was going to go. Well, that sounds like a good game. It sounds like a, you know, that's like that. It's a way you want kind of want to go out on Blood in the Sun. Yeah, I think so. So, my turn 5, my round 5, I took on Robert Elmer who you've heard on the show before. And Robert's playing Nur- uh, well, his Nurgle-inspired ogre army. Um, so he's got uh, I don't know, a Gutstar with like it's a Gutstar horde, so it's eight. It's eighteen models. Oh, we had with a like, horde. Yeah. Oh wow. It's like eighteen models with, uh, like a level three or level four butcher, death, and then he had, and then he had a, uh, like a BSB in there, and and then he had like a four pack of Mornfang, two Iron Blasters, two Saber Tusks. And yeah, two iron blasters or one? Two iron blasters. Ouch. So yeah, I mean, it was another one of these games of okay, can't uh, let's lose war sphinx to cannonballs. Let's lose another war sphinx to cannonballs. You know, before before the game, you know, game gets started. So definitely one of the things I walked away I, and I thought about you know in the list construction here afterwards is with this many cannonballs, those things were kind of a liability. But uh, turn one. Yeah, and I just got done talking about it against, you know, Tim. I, I threw this, you know, minus three leadership, land the Screaming Skull. So I, I'm like, Gutstar, giant Gutstar. Like, I landed on this. So I, I threw, you know, Doom of Darkness on it, hit it with the Skulls and the Foe. So it's a minus four leadership check. He fails the panic check, runs. Um, doesn't run off the board. On, t- on his turn one, he goes to rally, fails the first rally check, 
goes, oh, I'll use the BSB reroll and rerolls with the BSB. I'm like, you can't use a BSB reroll to rally when the BSB's fleeing. That's correct. He's like, huh, really? And he passed the reroll. He'd, he'd already tossed the dice and was already turning them around. And I'm like, you know, I don't really care. This round five at bits, I know you would have run off the board. You you're like three inches away. You know you're gonna run off the board, and that would this would have just been a horrible game for you. Turn them around. It's fine. Let's just play a game. So he turned them around, and uh, we let him have it. And you know, about halfway into this game, I'm kind of regretting it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, I, I I mean I was killing. I managed to kill like all this periphery, uh, all this peripheral stuff, and then. This scenario had like this. There was like Archeon was in this tower in the center of the board. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and he was dishing out damage anything to get close. And so I, I had played this as a practice game, and I had a, a feel for what I wanted to do with my army in this scenario. And with the terrain, I just kind of hunkered all of my like Archon and my archers and my screaming skulls were all kind of on. Would have been kind of my left flank left side of the building and he had this gut star the only hole he could really get this gut star this horde through without going through terrain and forests and you know just kind of mucking it up was on his right side so it was on this right side now so turn one it panicked and we let him rally i let him rally it <laughs> it panicked again like turn four or five he miscast with his his wizard and lost like d3 levels and yeah, I I didn't lose very many points. The only thing that I lost in this game were the Necro Knights, which killed an Iron Blaster before I lost them, and I lost my Horse Archers. Those are the only things I lost in the game, and so I didn't lose that many points. I only lost like just over just under three hundred points, and I killed all the rest of his stuff. And even at the end of the game, I was still shooting for trying to run that th that Gut Star off the off the board. I was like doom and darkenessing it and trying to drop rocks on it to get it to fit, make it have to make a panic check. And I'm not sure how the victory points with that big of a gut star tallied up to work out right. But it's got, if he had his characters, it's got to be like at least seven. Well, there was points. one other character. He had at least one character that wasn't in there that Arcan killed for me. He was like hiding him around because he he I did some damage, like did some bow shots, and I got a couple of points of damage on him. And he like ran behind the building. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, Arcan's got to do damage. And he's like, oh. So he rolled, and Arcan killed this, like, yeah, killed this uh, wizard. I don't know. I played it about Maybe. as perfectly as I thought I could have played it, um, giving him that reroll back. If I, if I wouldn't have given him that, it would have been a 20 out. But I was playing. The table right next to me was White Tech versus Jason Vargas, who was the other Tomb King player, and we were the players playing for Ooh, best of Tomb Kings. And that was that was another reason why I was kind of regretting it, like halfway through, letting him have that gut star back and not arguing that rule a little bit more about the BSP reroll. Because because next it, yeah. next <laughs> next door, I mean, I knew we were neck and neck battle points, or we we're pretty close in battle points because we're playing like on the tables next to each other. And, but I like looked over and like halfway through a game, and White Tech had that game pretty handle, pretty head, pretty handily in in hand. So I was like, okay, White Tech's winning. My other team, King player, I'm winning. I feel confident about that. I'm winning. We're good. I'm I'm not going to be too upset about this. <laughs> you know, Robert also had a really cool uh, cosplay. He was doing this Loki cosplay thing all through the weekend. Yeah, and that was pretty creepy. He yeah, he was dead on. 
PewDie God. <laughs> <laughs> In a good way. He had, yeah, he, he really had a, a great uh, look for that. Yeah, he does. He does do that pretty well. So, yeah, uh, 17-3, and if you had, like, a unit in the tower at the end of the game, then you killed Archaon, so I killed Archaon with three skeleton archers. Wow. You know, actually, we, my game with Mike, we forgot about it, and then we were too far into it to even do anything with it, so we just let it go. I had my eye on the goal on that five victory points, on those five five objective points, so I... I kind of hung out long enough, kept them out of range long enough, and then, oh, crud, it's cleaning close to the end of the game. Better start walking that four inches a turn, get the skeleton archers so I can jump them <laughs> in the building. That's a lot of, like, three turns of getting D6 strength fours, and one, or two turns of D6 strength fours, and one turn of D6 strength fives I had to absorb. Boom. And three of them left by the time I was all <laughs> said and done. I was like, yeah, I got them there. Yeah, maybe you guys should do uh, a segment on your next show or in a future show about buildings. Yeah, maybe. Maybe we should. Might be nice. Um, it might be a good idea. So yeah, that was that wrapped up the tournament. Where did you where did you come? I fell in fifty four. You were fifty yep, fifty fourth out of eighty nine. So yeah, pretty yeah, somebody dropped out. They had a ninety and then somebody dropped out. Uh the ninetieth was the ringer. And, uh, yeah, there ended up being eighty nine place people. I placed thirty ninth. So a top fifty percent of the of the field. You're in the top forty. Yep, top forty. So much better than I did last year. Like last year, Tomb Kings didn't even get into the top fifty percent of the field. So represent with the Tomb Kings, we got them got them up there a little bit better. And you know, in all honesty, there were a couple of points I think in appearance that I lost that I could have picked up that would have snuck me up another couple of spots. You know, there's just those little things, those little details that you that you find. You know, that the after you're thinking about the the end of the end max, <laughs> the end of the tournament, you're like, well, if I would have done this different, or I would have done that different. No way I was gonna get best of the rest. That guy was way up in eighth, but yeah, I could have could have snuck out a little bit better, a little bit better spot, I think. Well, there were no Bretts, there were no Wood Elves, and there were no Beastmen. But I'm pr- very happy that they gave out the best of Tomb Kings. I I feel like. Of the events and the tournaments where where I have worked and I had an intention to go get a prize, I this was one of the toughest ones I've ever went after, both from a health health you know I've talked <laughs> about it just from health, but also just every game and everything that I was doing and yeah I didn't have the best list but I had you know the gameplay that I the the way I played that list was there wasn't a game where I think I did things dramatically incorrectly. You definitely overcame the odds. I mean, you had yeah the bad luck, the cascading thing, but that that can happen yeah. to anybody. I, I wish that I would have had that back. Cause I don't. I definitely don't think I would have taken a twenty odd in that game. I probably was going to lose. I I might not have lost it either. I mean, and it's possible if Arcan would have been able to get freed up, um, <laughs> would have been able to deal with that big block of, you know, if I would have been able to say I was going to. Well, I was I doom and darkness them. So it would have been minus three leadership in that case. I had a casket of skull, casket of soul, so a three d six leadership. Take a wound for every point, for every point you fail by, with no armor saves on one up armor save knights, would have made a huge difference at minus three leadership. And then turn around and maybe purple sun them or something else. I had I had a lot of tools there that turn to deal with that block and get it down to okay, this is like really manageable to deal with. 
and then further turns be able to use my magic to kind of support the other combats, maybe to support those war sphinxes. And I think I could have had a really good shot of of sticking in it. I don't know if I would have won it, but I could have stuck in it and turned things around and and not lost it horribly badly, and maybe even snuck out a win. I mean, I, it's tough to say. It's it's possible right now, but that's it's the so only game think. I regret. It's the only game I regret, and it wasn't <laughs> that I played it badly or did anything wrong. It was just really other than using my reroll a little early. Yeah, I yeah. shouldn't shouldn't have used it before I cast. I should have you know with knowing I could know. cast, knowing I could cascade. I should should have kept it in the bank. Because that was my cascade protection, and I knew that going into the tournament that, that reroll was really my cascade protection. Yeah, and even then you could still flub it. You never, you never know. It's weird to think about, like with a tournament, especially one that size. If you have one game that goes differently, like because that's that doesn't just affect you. I mean, that changes everything. Everybody's, you, you know, it might everybody might play somebody else, and it's just interesting to think about like the rea- the reaction chain of that. Because there was even a setup uh, Friday night. We were set up, and they had the pairings. And uh, I was excited to play Matt Teeter the first thing on Saturday or on Sunday. Sure. And uh, there was a problem with the Ringer army. And so they redid the points. And so I ended up playing Chaos Dwarfs instead, which I guess probably was better for me anyway because I got that win. But it just it's interesting to see how that all would have changed. You know, any little any little change you make in there, and it may not reach the far ends. You know, It may just be like a, a, the ripple out, say, maybe you know 10 or 20 spots. But it's interesting to see how big of a change that can be. No, definitely. I mean, tournaments are so matchup dependent on who you get, when you get them, as far as p- opponents and who you're playing against, and who you, and what you're built to take on best throughout an event. The best thing I feel about this tournament is in, in no matchup that I had with with the Tomb Kings, which you know I feel like it's an uphill battle to to win a game, but very rewarding. I never felt like I was out completely out of a matchup going into it. Like I, even though I might have been like, I think that round two against Wayne was probably my the the game where I was probably the most like, oh, uh, I don't know how the heck I'm gonna do this. When I look back at the gameplay before things went down the the way they did in that game, I feel really good about where I was, and in every game I feel really good about the way I played it, that I didn't make mistakes that bit me in the rear. And that I I did I played the best Warhammer that I just about could have, and that was that was really rewarding because that I think when you when you walk away from a tournament and you win something like I did this time when I won the best of Tomb Kings, it was that was the rewarding part because it wasn't like I I, I didn't feel like I was a gimme because I happened to get lucky at the end. I felt like I played the best Warhammer that I could have and I happened to get rewarded for it. So I appreciate yeah. it and I I really that made that made this year probably one of the most special blood in the suns for me. Awesome. Yeah, we were all excited at the end when they were going through the awards. It's like woo yeah, was- <laughs> Staff and pictures, I got a picture of you. I think you were the first one they called. Yep, I was the because this was the, the I was the lowest of the ones that were awarded. Um, I was 39th overall. And the next next one was White Tech with best of VC at 31st overall. Now, like I said, I mean, I picked up if I should have picked up a couple more appearance points, and easily, you know. And if I pick up two more appearance points, that puts me at 176. I that puts me at probably 36th overall. Got 38. Uh, 
38 out of 40 sportsmen, 38 out of 40 comp, and 33 out of 40 paint, which was a surprise. I didn't expect to get that high in, uh, in you paint. You had 38 out of how many paint? I think those are out of 40, right? I don't think they were out of 40. I think you get more than that for paint. I got. But uh, I only got 38 appearance points. So. I believe I got 33 appearance points. I got thirty. I think I got thirty-eight sports and thirty-eight comp and thirty-three. Uh, you can tell me actually. Let's take a look. Let's take a look since we're look since we're kind of curious here. This is the first time I was actually happy with an army bringing like an army to an event. I really actually was happy with the way it looked. Thirty-eight, thirty-eight, thirty-three. So thirty-three appearance and looks like thirty-eight sports and pink comp, which is you know you know that's a comp. That's a whole another story. Like I was a thirty-four comp. I'm playing Tomb Kings. Uh, it depends people, on your opponent. Did people ding me because I brought special characters? Did but I, you were you, see, know, you were supposed to? I guess that that was kind of weird. For that me too. was it was the know, idea of the event. Did people ding me because they? I, I I don't. I mean, I didn't. You know, in none of the, my games did I manhandle or dominate anybody. Did did the people that played me go? Hmm. I this feels like an average army one in, rather than giving me the two. Yeah, who you knows? Know, I mean, you have, you you have people that they they rate things differently. You know, I I don't know either. I know I didn't personally rate out a lot of twos myself. I looked at you know the armies that I played against. I thought they were like the ogre armies were average ogre armies. You I know? had some average, yes, yeah. I didn't look at how you when I looked at comp. I didn't look at your appearance when I judged it. I looked at this is the kind of stuff I see all the time. Oh, there's a gut star. There's saber tusks. There's iron blasters. Yeah, okay, that's really the hard. stuff I see all the time. It's a one. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I had I had one too at the end where I, my opponent even said like the, like it's not a soft and fluffy list, but I was just basically we were done and I was like, well, maybe you can use some extra points. I know I shouldn't do that, uh, and it was just sort of that weird thing. But I I didn't give everybody did not get a two, so I had to, uh, I did give out some ones, and uh, yeah, I was just sort of, yeah, I was so used to just handing your paper over that I had to like fold it because I don't know if people are gonna react and it's you never know. No, I, you know, and, you know, same thing. I 38 sports points. I feel that's pretty good, but. I think you can get 39 unless you get best uh, points. I see, yeah, I, I don't, I'm not sure. I know I see some 40s in the score. I'm not sure what you maxed out at here in, in sports, but those player-based ones, the one that, that one that kind of hurts is, the one that hurts me, me that I'm kind of miffed about the most is the appearance, because I, I, it was, you know, I put a lot of effort in a, into getting this army painted, and, and I know there were a couple of points like the, the unified movement trays across the army. My my Necronite trays does not match my other trays, and I should have spent some time to get that finished to do a new tray for that, and that would have been a point at least there. And you know, I have this kind of concern like the nameplate for my army. I don't know if they gave me that point because the nameplate, my name was really far down on my. I had this like I have this cool little photo picture, normal sheet of paper size frame, and it's got like this cool story kind of thing that i i found like this egyptian poem from like ancient egypt egypt and kind of modified some of the language so it matches my tomb king fluff oh, cool. for my army and i got a, some some pictures of like actual egypt so that you can kind of relate that with the way the basing is done because that's the the one thing that jumps out and i i quite you know maybe they missed like my name at the very bottom of that and and then maybe they missed like nobody ever asked me i saw like some of the times when the appearance judging was going around People where the judges were asking the players, do they have conversions? Can you show me where that was? I never once got asked if I had conversions in the army. 
And I wonder if maybe I got dinged because somebody didn't see the reposes on some of the archers no or whatever. I, I, You know, those are the little things that I'm not sure. Like, there's a couple of points that I were in my control, but could have got. Could have, would have, should have. But the, <laughs> yeah. the cop points are kind of a, a nuisance. But, you know, whatever. It's, it's, it's more a tournament. Of a tournament, too. Yeah. It but, been, yeah. It'd been nice to... It's those little things that, you know, uh, five, six spots. That's I was probably, happy. No, I mean, I'm overall, I'm very happy with the results. I'm very proud that I'm not, you know, made top top half with, on my own without having and, and worked really, really hard for it. So I feel like there were definitely places I could have picked up some points in, in games and, you know, maybe played a little bit better or had the dice roll a little bit better or something. And It was but, a uh, good, this is my one event for the summer. I, had to, I canceled Buckeye. Because uh, it was just, yeah, too much stuff, too expensive to do all these trips. But that was, uh, I, I feel like that was a, a good enough price point if you're not too far away. I think you get a lot out of the weekend, and I really had a good time. Uh, I was very pleased with this Bits this year. Yeah, no, Bits is always a blast, and hopefully, you know, here's next year. Bits 5, uh, it's going to be special next year. Now, five Empire years. 1, right? Empire 1, um, so the boards are going to be Empire. Sean Troy won, didn't he? Yeah, best overall. Yep, Sean Troy won, best overall with best Empire. So we'll have Empire stuff on the board next year. They do uh, they do five tables, I think, themed off of who won. They had Chaos Warrior tables this year. I didn't notice so much, but... I didn't either, but maybe they... I think they might have been in the other room. Yeah, they... they I, I don't <laughs> think I was... Well, no, they had have, like a floating fortress, I think, and stuff like that. that oh, I yeah, was, that's true. So that it was probably one of them. You know what I was proud? I, I didn't expect to win this, but I, I got some votes. Uh, we had to make a terrain piece. And I was pretty pleased with my train piece that I made. It's a, I know you're a family-friendly show, but... So I, I made a sinister statue, and I took a... I wanted to do a, a Slanesh one. So I took this bobblehead I have of Hugh Hefner. Okay. And I, uh, I found this really gaudy spray paint, really gold. And I just oh. spray-painted them. And uh, then I painted some uh, graffiti and profanity and Slanesh symbols. And you know, I put like a, like a dick and balls on his head. And uh, then I put like Slanesh and I, they did some like pink eye makeup on him. And I had these demonettes that are in these poses. that looks like they're basically just like kind of falling backwards and, and you know, lazily fawning over this thing. Uh, and it, I think it was a pretty good piece of terrain together. But you had to really take a look at it to get to see what was going on in there. So some people did come and say that, that they voted for that for the best terrain piece. So I, I was happy with the terrain piece. I didn't expect getting out of it, but it was it was, it was fun that it was out there and people enjoyed it. Yeah, it was something I forgot to bring my terrain piece. I was left back here in Madison. I realized it when I was like halfway there. I'm like, I'm not going to turn around. Yeah, no, not for that. So I actually heard some people say afterwards too on some of the casts that they it came up when they were trying to pick out who did what. Yeah, they did some great pieces of terrain there also. So yeah, I will I will definitely be going to Bits next year. I have no idea what I will be bringing. Yeah, Bits is becoming more of a must go to for me this year or coming into next year than 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 uh, Paca is because. Because of the things, and I, I'm starting to hear rumbling about the the Wapaka and how they're going to offer tickets to the basically the Midwest player base that's been supporting them for the last few years. So I'm sure that they'll sell that out and everything. But mm-hmm. it's going to be like if you're a Midwesterner, it sounds like it's going to be tough as tough as nails to try to get tickets so mm-hmm. to get to get in. So um, well, I had my first time. I enjoyed it. I mean, I I'm signed up for North Star. I don't know if I, I'm signed up for it. I have a spot. I've never been to that one. Um, I'm signed up for something else. I'm drawing a blank on the minute. Uh, and then I, of course, Mary Mayhem. Screw City. Screw City. Screw City. There's North Star. That's the one. Screw City. And uh, Mayhem hasn't officially been announced yet, but 
hopefully in the coming next month we'll have that up and announced. Yep, I'm looking forward to mayhem. So, all right, uh, thanks a lot everybody for listening. It's been a long, longer than normal show, but we had a lot to recap and talk about and. Uh, Hope you guys have enjoyed, Kenny. Let write in uh, hosts at wiscodice.com and let us know. We'd love to hear your feedback and response to the show. And, of course, make sure you check out our website at wiscodice.com. All right. Thanks a lot, folks. Peace out. We chased our pleasures here, dug our treasures there. 